0: What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, host and creator of Deep Disc Conversations. And firstly, I want to say thank you for all of this support and thank you for exploring the perspectives of social change with me on this platform. I want to encourage you all to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening platform. And make sure you give us a five star rating if you're loving the Deep Disc Conversations. I appreciate all of the support again. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Mr. Bailey, how's it going?
1: Going great, Mr. Moore, thanks for having me here today.
0: Oh no, thanks for being here. I'm really excited uh, about this interview and about uh, the viewers and the, and the listeners learning more about your journey, learning more about your impact in community. Um, and just just your perspective on things of what's going on in the state of our communities, uh, what we can do to solve a lot of the things that's going on and uh yeah, let's get, let's get going. Can you just start off with an introduction of yourself and your background and who you are, and, and
1: let's get it going from there. Well, let's be, you know, I'll be glad to. So let me tell you a little bit about me. I, I was born and raised in Gallatin, Tennessee, uh, which is, I'm assuming, 20, 30 miles north of here. Uh, I'm the 10th of 15 kids. My father was an alcoholic. He was, the, he, was, he was an alcoholic from the first day I knew who he was. And we sharecropped on a man's farm, Billy Donahoe, back up in Gallatin. Mm. And my daddy, uh, I don't know too much about his background. All I know was he had an alcohol problem, and he, it, took, it took a lot to feed that. So whatever we made on that farm in terms of sharecropping, my father used it all up for, for his habit. My mother cleaned people's houses and did the domestic stuff like that. Uh, we never had really any good clothes or anything. I mean, people may—we got bullied terribly in school. Right. Uh, I mean, because we would never dress well. The kids in town was dressed a lot better. They, they had a lot more food. I remember my sisters and brothers and I, we would go in the cafeteria. This must have been a time before free lunch and all of that. Right. We would go in the cafeteria, and we would have to stand on the wall and, and while everybody else ate. And the, even the teachers made fun of us and stuff like that. But, you know, we never thought about going home, getting a gun, killing somebody. Right. We never—I don't know where that phenomenon—I mean, it, it must be this automation that's causing that. Right. But we never ever thought to—our tormentors, let's kill them. We never mm-hmm. thought about anything like that. But we, we didn't even go to school— that much because we were about a good two and a half miles from where you had to go catch the bus. And a lot of time we we got there late, the bus was gone, and we were really glad it was gone because we didn't want to go to school. But one of those days I went to school, Mm -hmm. and, man, I ran smack into one of my teachers. Right. Now, the significance of of that is I never heard the word blind until then. When I'm running around through the woods and going on, I mean— I know. don't, I don't I think my father, my mother, nobody ever mentioned, you can't see. Right. I, when my brothers and sisters used to, they, at, at night, they could just run down the steps and go on. I remember kind of, kind of having to feel for the step, but I caught up with them. Right. So I would trail voices and stuff like that. I did the same thing in school. When we, we went to school, the times we went. I knew where my classroom was just by trailing the other students, and I knew how many steps to go left, and, and it was the first room past the water fountain, that kind of thing. Right. I don't know for, what happened, but I was coming down the hall this time and ran smack into the music teacher. And, man, this is 62, 63, when teachers would literally beat you to death back then. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only like 9 or 10, right. and the woman had me in the collar, and she was... Boy, you either about to be blind or else. Well, man? I mean, I know what she was talking about. I never heard nobody ever mention that to me. I thought when I ran into stuff and was scratched up, I mean, I thought everybody looked like that. Right. You know, I mean, I thought it was normal. Right. So then we, she took me down to the principal's office and B.J. Hall, what's wrong with you, boy? Right. And, man, I'm, I'm scared to death. I'm not saying anything. I'm just scared. They brought me to a doctor in Nashville, and this doctor told me what I had. And he... he Shuffled his papers. You could hear him shuffling his papers and grunting to himself. He finally put them down. He said, "Son, you got a problem that we're just now learning about, and you got to keep in mind this is '62, '63, like that." Mm-hmm. He said, "You got retinitis pigmentosa," and man, that word just astounded me because right. I mean, I, I dealt with pig and All right. cow, three-letter words. All right, that's a that's a that's a fifty-dollar word. Oh, that's right a fifty-dollar <laughs> word. Man, that thing, that thing sounded like it had enough letters in it to reach back to Galileo. Right. But I didn't hear the word blind in it. So I'm thinking about what this doctor is saying, and I'm thinking about Ms. Hayes. I, we did not question on adults in my time. Mm-hmm. What, whatever adults said was law. Right. We just didn't do it out of, out of respect and out of fear. Right. But, I mean, I mean, I'm thinking about Ms. Hayes, and, I'm, and I don't hear the word blind in this. So I finally got up the nurse. I said, well, sir, does that mean that I'm blind? And he hesitated as if to say, how do I tell this kid what is going on with him? And it's it's, it's permanent. So he finally said, son, for all practical purposes, you're blind and you will be blind for the rest of your life. There's no cure for this. Wow! I said, thank God. So I guess he said, (laughs) he's not only blind, he's crazy too. Why is he thanking God for being blind? Hey. I had been blind for like 9 or 10 years and didn't even know it. It didn't hurt. But if I'd have gone back and told Miss Hayes I wasn't blind, that woman was going to beat me to death. <laughs> she already laid down the law. She already laid down the you law. You better
0: be either <laughs> blind or, you, or I'm going to beat you to death. I'm going to
1: beat you. And when I got back, she was waiting on me. What's wrong, <laughs> what's wrong with you, boy? I, told her, I said, they told me I was blind. She just spun on her heels and went back to her classroom. But I, I tell you that because my life actually took off when I went home and told my father we normally didn't engage him we were so scared of him right we we would hide out in the woods basically until he went to sleep but i but i just heard something new man and just forgotten let my let my guard down so i I said dad they told me i was blind today i'll never forget man he got up off the couch that's where he was most of the time kind of took his finger and kind of pushed me against the wall i said oh man i've done i mean in my mind i've done the wrong thing already right he said okay Let's get a good understanding so it won't be any mistakes. That's usually was his phrase. Let's get a good understanding so it won't be any mistakes. You're black, you're blind, and you're poor. You've got two ways out of it. Only two. Think a lot of yourself first
0: mm-hmm.
1: and work like hell. Mm. He said, now, I just taught you with these two things how to survive, you will keep food in your mouth and a roof over your head just by practicing those two things as long as you live, whether you know how to sign your name or not. Right. He said, but now, if you get an education along with that, I guarantee you, you will know how to handle the blackness and the blindness. Mm. some years ago, and I haven't looked back since. Wow. I haven't looked back since. I go through this life now, you will not refer to me as a blind man, you will not refer to me as an African-American, you will refer to me as Mr. Bailey, Fred Bailey, I'll answer those to those. Right, what's the
0: significance behind that?
1: The significance is this, had I gone through life hiding behind being black and being blind, I would be sitting somewhere in somebody's house getting a check every month. My sister will be taking care of me or somebody will be taking care of me. But my father said, oh no. Oh no, no, no. Not as long as I'm alive. You're gonna be Fred Bailey and you're not gonna be blind or black this. Right. You're gonna be Fred Bailey, and that's who you're gonna operate under. Right. You you will not you you will not hide behind any of that. So the, I never, it took me till about, then somebody came, somebody found out about uh, me back in there and came and said, we got a school for somebody like you. Right. It was the Tennessee School for the Blind. When I got there, I realized my daddy was extremely right. I had the work ethic. Right. I had the respect. I didn't have the education piece. At the School for the Blind, I got the education piece. When I got that, my blackness and my blindness were made null and void. Mm. And, and and I, you know, and I tell people this all the time. I'm not telling you this to say you need to mimic me right. because you maybe you can't. But this is the way Fred Bailey is geared. This is the way he thinks. I, I don't get into what you done to me two or three hundred years ago. Mm. I can't do that. I can't do that because it will limit limit me. Right. Fred Bailey's got to always stay Fred Bailey. You know, I think people get angry with me sometimes when I don't call my if let them, let them, people call me an African-American. Well, and the reason I don't is this. We will say for the sake of argument, yes, all civilization started in Africa, in the Rift Valley. We just say that for the academic exercise. Right. But in 1953, by the time it got down to me, I knew nothing of the customs. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing of the dress. Mm-hmm. I knew nothing of the food. I knew nothing of the language. You cannot put something on me that I don't have the countenance for. Mm-hmm. My whole countenance, my whole existence has been American. Now, who I don't care who don't want me here. I don't care who don't like me. It means nothing to me. Right? You know, I guarantee you they will leave before me.
0: You know, (laughs) I'm an American all the way,
1: and that's just the way it is. So I think a whole lot of what's wrong with our communities is this. We have been under the spell of, to me, of Willie Lynch. Now, people say Willie Lynch is a myth. Maybe he was, but somebody picked that myth up and ran with it and implemented it. Because as you look around and as you see how we do, I'm talking about black people, see how we do, we act like we can't stand each other. We act like that just because we're black, we got to prey on each other. We got to hurt each other. We got, we can't love each other. Hey, I'm not sure where you're getting that from except from the Willie Lynch syndrome. What I tell people is this makes no difference to me whether you're a Republican. It makes no difference to me whether you're a Democrat. It, it, you shouldn't be either, for I'm concerned. Right. What you should do, yeah, you know, you should vote. Now, here's the why you should vote. Because if you are, if you're not going to vote, Schriner Goodman, and Cheney could still be alive. Mm-hmm. Mega Evers didn't need to go through the humiliation, or Z Alexander-Luby, or or uh, Claudette Colton, or Roosevelt. None of these people needed to go through what they went through if all we're gonna do is kill each other, harm each other, and, 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 and just demean each other. Mm-hmm. I don't think they went through it for that. I get up all the time, and all, some of these people I'm talking about run through my mind, and the first thing I ask myself, in the way I dress, in the way I talk, in my giving back, in my work ethic, in my respect, can these people continue to live through me? Because they paid the ultimate price for me. Right. They don't want me to die. They don't want me to die. Right. But can they continue to live through me? Right. And if I can't answer in the affirmative, right. I need to check myself.
0: Being, um, being um, impaired visually. Mm-hmm did you ever feel or notice that maybe you were being discriminated against because you were black or just somebody was racist towards you because you was black? Did you, did you, did you, did you even acknowledge it? Did you, did you, or did you internalize it? Like, okay, I think they're treating me this way because of specifically my skin color. And how did you navigate that, um, because, you know, a lot of us, like myself and mm-hmm. others, can you know, right. okay, can see it, right. but you have to navigate it a little differently
1: um, or internalize it a little differently. Right. It, let me say this to you. First of all, I never believed in racism. Okay. It's, it, it is truly impossible for you not to like me. And if you tell me you don't like me, I guarantee you it's not because I'm black or I'm blind you're a mental case. Mm. You need need some mental help. Now, it doesn't make you any less dangerous, because a lot of mental people are dangerous, but you don't hate me because I'm black. That's, That's crazy. It's illogical. It makes no sense. Now, so I never, ever internalized that you hate Fred Bailey because he's this or that. You're sick. I'll tell you, I remember... And I faced racism, so-called racism. I faced it. I remember some of the uh, uh, John Harris and Hubbard and Terry Alden, I think, uh, and myself. We, we were all seniors, and we wanted to kind of stay in Nashville. So we were going to try to get us a job and stay in Nashville. So we were trying to find a big rooming house. Right. We had our dormitory supervisor to look in the papers, and she saw this big house, and I called the lady. So I said, ma'am, I understand you got a house for rent, um, I'd love to be able to come and see blah blah. She said, "Are you colored?" I said, "Yes, ma'am." Mm. She said, "We don't rent to colored." Now, I could have called her all kind of names and got, but I knew. I mean, she's a mental case. Mm. I mean, it's not like I do. And my pro, my biggest problem is I don't have the skill set right. to deal with your mental illness.
0: Right. But
1: I know it doesn't mean anything for me. So, so you know what it, I mean. So you don't look at it as racism; it's just they mental illness. They mental illness. <laughs> Yeah, because because yeah, it means nothing to me. It really doesn't. It, I know what you think of me has never bothered me. Now, Mister Bailey. Now you said uh,
0: we picking back up. Mm-hmm. So racism is it's a mental. It's a mental case. It, the to, mental health issue. It, it is.
1: And and had we had I'm saying black people had we saw racism as a mental a mental health issue from day one, we wouldn't be where we are now. Yeah. So. I just think we got pulled into that mental illness, and we're still there, and Willie Lynch didn't help us at all. He, mm. he basically solidified that mental illness. So I, I think that's what's going on in our community right now. I think we need to take a hard look at ourselves. Let, let's understand our own culpability and our predicament. Now, we're, we're not going to talk about what anybody else is doing. Right. Let's talk about what we're doing. If we just fix some of that. I guarantee you we'll go a long way to becoming more sane. So, you know, I started an organization in Gallatin, Children Are People, about 20 years ago okay. to get at some of this stuff. And, and I started it out because I had some grand nieces and nephews that I thought was not uh, performing to their optimum. So I had about 11 of them. And then they got to saying, you know, I'm oh, afraid, you know, oh, can I bring my friend, can my friend... Next thing I know, man, I had thirty-some kids in there, so that's when it morphed into Children Are People. And what I wanted to do with these kids is tell them this: I got to get you out of your gender. I got to get you out of your blackness. Mm-hmm. I got to get you out of this stuff because you don't. When you go and negotiate contracts, when you go for an interview, you don't sign black. Right. You don't sign blind. You don't sign female. You sign a name. Right. Okay. I've got to get you to build a a positive character and reputation for that name. I don't, I don't care what people are saying about you. That doesn't mean anything to me right now. Right. I need to see. I need to see the essence of who you are and what you are. Right. If it's nothing there, we can. We we okay. We'll will will we'll, you know have the have the have enough uh, uh, wherewithal to admit it. Okay. Right. But right. if it's something there we're not going to let anybody else tell you it's not. And so that's why I started that organization and when I was there we graduated 100% out of there.
0: Mm.
1: I mean these kids are are in, in in medical school, they're they're in psychology, they're in the navy, stuff like that. What I want to do is look, you can hate America all you want to. Are you leaving it? Mm. Very few people do. Very few people, you know, Baldwin and Tina Turner and a few others, and the uh, Baker. Yeah, some of them, some of them did leave. Right. But I mean, come on, modern times, nobody's leaving America. Right. Everybody's and, trying to get in it. And, and, and like
0: in Baldwin specifically, you know, he came back. He came it, back exactly. To, he came back to the United States it, because it, he wanted to. You know, it's he wanted to do a. A lot of people say they want to do is help their community. He came back and impacted it and tried to create solutions around the problems that he's seen or at least at least be, uh, you know, a beacon of change in some type from from
1: an academia standpoint, right. especially. Right. But I think, you know, as, as I tell people, we are our brother's keepers. Right. But the problem is, today, our brother doesn't look like they want to be kept. Mm. So that's the problem we're having. So what is it is that um is that is that self-hate? It, it it looks like it, but again, I think it gets back to the mental illness. I think I think a whole uh, with this this, this bombardment mm. of, of 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 segregation, oppression, uh uh the the policemen don't seem to like me or or uh, the 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 schools don't seem to be educating me. Uh, the the church don't be seen, don't seem to be giving me the spiritual fuel I need the, uh, the I can't find employment I can't find this I can't find that it has it has basically served to put us in a state of post-traumatic syndrome mental illness so forth but a lot of that we've been tricked mm. see, I think what we gotta understand. Let's, let's go. Let's go, to let's go to the drug issue. Okay. I mean, drugs, heroin, cocaine. That stuff used to be legal. Right. What happened? What happened? What made it? What made it now illegal? Well, with so-called emancipation, we got to figure out another way to control this black man. Mm. So what we're gonna do, and we know. We have got white America scared of this black man. So what we're gonna do, the biggest threat to the big the biggest threat, biggest threat. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna tell them that if this black man gets some of this heroin and get some of this cocaine, they're gonna they're gonna gonna rape all our white women, they're gonna murder uh, us and so forth. Now, we gotta we gotta penalize this. and that's what they've done. See, just like I had my kids to go through the 13th Amendment, read the 13th Amendment. What, what did it do? It freed the slaves, Mr. Bailey. It did. How, how? Tell me how it did. Well, it's what it says here. I said, no, there's one, there's, there's one sentence in there, mm-hmm. one phrase that made that 13th Amendment null and void for that purpose. Not if you're a prisoner. Exactly. Not if you in the, 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 the penitentiary. Exactly. So what they did, they repackaged slavery. Now, how do we, how do we keep this moving? Well, we'll make uh, all of this drug use and all of this stuff, and we'll make some things that used to be misdemeanors, we'll make them felonies now. Right. Then we will bring drugs into your neighborhood because I guarantee you the people who would have the means to buy a plane and a ship to bring drugs in—Tyler Perry is not bringing it in here. Right. Oprah Winfrey is not bringing it in here. Right. It's coming in here by somebody who owns those things. Right. And where do they bring it? They bring it straight to your neighborhood. Now, they don't—they—they ain't putting a gun to your head making you sell it. They're not putting a gun to your head and making you use it. But they're trying—they—they they have created a scenario. That you're nothing. You're nothing unless you're driving this kind of car. Right. You're nothing unless you're wearing this type of clothes. Right. Well, and they fixed it now with felonies. Well, you can't get a job. You can't go to some schools. Can't, so forth and so on. Can't get into some housing. Can't get into some housing. So what do you what what do you, what do you do? Oh, I gotta sell drugs now. hmm Because that's the only way I can make money. No, that's the only way you can continue. This disintegration of the b- black people as a people as we used to know
0: it—that's
1: mm. that's really what's happening. And if we don't get a get some type of grip or control on that, we've had it as a people.
0: Mm. So, how do we get a grip on it? What 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 are some what are some? And I know you're
1: working on some things. Uh, and so, what are, what are some ways we can we can build? Here's here's what we got to do. First of all. Everybody, let's start telling the truth about the problem. Yeah, the white man is not all of our problem. Let's fix our problem that we're causing, and we have got to become a more unified people. Mm. This, this, this easier said than done. It, it, it is. It is. Yeah. This, but this, this backstabbing, this, this, this talking about one another, this. This, every time, you, every time you look around, you have nothing good to say. We got to cut this stuff out, but we got to come to grips that it's really going on. Right. I started to, like I said, to look at the Willie Lynch letter uh, even more uh, succinctly with the George Floyd thing. Okay. And I said, okay. Because in a way, I was caught up in Willie Lynch myself. Because I didn't want to deal with us because we're too difficult. So I said, but after, Willie, after George Floyd, I said, I gotta, I've got to do something. Because right. this is crazy. I talked with some people. Um, I talked to Lorna Campbell and some other people. And I said, look, this is my idea. We have got to get some unity here. I am going to try to do that through this vehicle the Progressive Economic Group. And we named it that just for lack of a We didn't know anything else to name it, (laughs) okay? It means nothing. Because what we said then, we need to have each other's back, literally. Not out of racism, not out of prejudice, not out of any of that nonsense. It is just time that black people start to take control of our own destiny. We've been led by somebody or something ever since we've been in this country. And we act like we are too helpless to do anything about it. I'm told, and I don't know this for a fact, that the so called black community sits on about a trillion dollar economy. But none of it stays in the economy. You know, we're the biggest consumers. Exactly. The biggest consumers. The biggest. And we need to start to look at how do we turn that around to benefit our little kids that's coming up because they don't have a future at all until we do something. The government can't help you. Joe Biden may be a nice guy. Donald Trump might have been this guy. Right. But what Fred Bailey has gotten in his life had nothing to do with no governor Mm. or no president. Mm. I've I've lived through quite a number of presidencies. Right. And none of them has ever made a difference in my life. Mm. Because it just it just doesn't it just doesn't happen. Right. So I started the Progressive Economic Group, and, and it basically goes like this: We want a dollar, a dollar, a month now, for every black person in this country, and I think it's about forty-five million of us, countrywide. Right. Forty. Forty-five million. Something, something like that. Like that. We're dealing, and we're basically concentrating on Tennessee right now, because that's what I know best, and it's about a million of us here. And what we wanted to do, a dollar a month is $12 a year. We want to take this money and put it back into our mental health, put it back into our child care, put it back into our education. We, We need to have schools where black people can teach black kids in them, because I guarantee you this white teacher can't say some of the things that we need to say. Right. Because as soon as they open their mouth and say the wrong thing, they're gonna get sued for racism, this, that, and the other. Right. You, 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 these kids, the kids in these schools now are being more indoctrinated than educated, hmm. with, and, and, which means teaching them how to be good Americans. And, and on the surface, there doesn't seem anything wrong with that because I, pl- I pledge allegiance to the flag. I do and I can because under that flag I've been able to get a high school uh, a diploma I've been able to get a college degree I've been able to put kids through college I've been able to, I've never been without a job mm-hmm. I've never been I've never been arrested never been never had any problem with the police I, I used to look at the flag hey flag done good by me <laughs> and I've done good by it. You know, you know. So no problem. Now, if you if that's the way you want to protest, I have no problem with it. You're exactly right. A whole bunch of bad things were done under that flag. You you acknowledge the you acknowledge the, the bad that has happened,
0: but you also acknowledge the benefits I, I, that have been able to to be provide you and
1: others. Black, white, yellow, green make no difference. Okay, but so yeah, I can acknowledge all that. But see, I can't get into your mob thinking. Right. See, you can you you no, you can't control my thinking. Right, Because I have to look at Fred Bailey. Well, how has Fred Bailey been treated? Fred Bailey been treated fine. Right. Okay? Now, what we need to do, the things that have happened under that flag, Mm -hmm. I can belabor the past all I want to. I think my real job is try to never let it happen again. Mm. And that's what I think that we can do with this union. And so... I think that we have got to do something. See, a lot of us, we don't have, our pockets don't go that deep. We don't have billions of dollars and thousands of dollars. We sure can't print money. Right. You know. We don't have that generational wealth. You don't have that generational wealth. So we got to put our pennies together and do it that way. And that's what the Progressive Economic Group is all about. That's that's a lot of accountability. It's, it's a lot of accountability, and that's what we're not used to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we're not used to. And we're, we're already in the process of teaching classes. Like, See, see everything goes into this. I, and I tell everybody, do not focus on the economic part of it. Focus on the group part of it because mm-hmm. it's the union right. that I got to have. Group economics. Group economics. The union. Mm. You know, And I, everything comes into that, healthy eating, healthy cooking, we get, yeah, we, yeah, we're dying of high blood pressure. Yeah, we're dying um, uh, more you know, and, and disproportionately of uh, kidney failure, diabetes, and so forth. It's not because we're black. We're under so much stress. Hmm. If white folks were under the same stress, they will be dying of the same d- disorders. Right, right. And that's what we got to do. The cortisol is on. It just turned on. It never, it's never off. Right. but the but the but the but the the brain can't detect the enemy
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's what's killing us mm. and that's what we got to get control over and, and and especially with our young people I I tell everybody when hey let I want to help everybody I can but let's focus on our young people right you get to be my age and you still stupid you get what you deserve right. you know <laughs> so I want I want to focus mainly on the young people but my 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 goal is to help us all right. to where we have each other's back, and that's what I that's what I'm looking for.
0: How 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 do we start that process? How do people want to get involved into the the union, the Progressive Economics Group? Um, how do they get? How do
1: they do that? I, I, I would tell everybody first of all go to our website, okay, which is pegpegofamerica.com pegofamerica.com. Go and look at what we're, what, what what our mission is saying and what our vision is, and look at the videos that, and you hear me talking there. Right now, some people say, "Well, he 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 he, he mentions black a lot." He, yeah, right. because a lot of you evidently want to be African Americans. <laughs> yeah. So I got I got to let you know, Africa hadn't done you any favors. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're never going back there to live. So. Calling yourself an African American and and saying well, oh our ancestors were kings and queens no problem right but are you going to be a king or queen here right are you, you know and putting on a dashiki and uh, and 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 all of that and whatever else you do I'm sorry the essence of you is still American right you. It, right. And that's what you got to go on. And and, and
0: and I tell people all the time, you know, from a person that's you know done some significant traveling and living abroad, mm-hmm. that is 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 different in these other places. And you know, in particular, you know, on, in on the continent of Africa, it ain't it ain't the same privileges. Mm-hmm. It ain't the same type of. Uh, you can't go into a job and make you know. I just seen the other day Target hiring right now, start off sixteen dollars an hour. Wow. That those things don't exist in other places. Um, in the world, like they do here, and exactly. so everybody's uh, entrepreneur. And if you're not hustling now, exactly here, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're gonna get superpowers. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I'm not sure. Right. You, it might give you some motivation. It, it may be. I'm. 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 I don't know. But um, it's a different lifestyle. It's a different. If it. It's a different type of um, adjustment. Different infrastructure. Right. Not the same comfortabilities. Um, and so I, and I don't think people are really aware of that part when they speak of going back. And like you mentioned, some people do. Some people really like they 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 give up and yeah. sacrifice and they make it happen. They really believe. But most right. people,
1: mm, they yeah. don't. They don't. You you hear? Yeah, you you here and you're going to be here now, you which is go, okay. You, which is okay. You may go visit, but you're not gonna stay. Right. And there is a reason that people are trying to get in this country. I mean, risking life and limb to get in this country. Right. There are opportunities here. I'm, I'm, I'm a poor, black, blind man. I can prove to you right. there's opportunities here. Right. I wasn't supposed to amount to anything. Right. Just sitting there waiting on a check, waiting on the government. Right. But here I am. So I can tell you, but in America, you've got to have at least a modicum of initiative. Right. If you sit back and just wait for somebody to do it for you, mm-hmm. you're gonna be a pawn in someone else's scheme. It's that simple. And I've, I, will tell everybody, you need to back as far away from the government as you can back. And it's gonna be hard to get away from the government totally because they're, they they they're, they're, they're. they're, 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 they're Meddling in our business and life is pervasive, right? You can't get rid of them all together, right? But you need to back off of them as much as you can and mm-hmm. hey, my daddy You were not allowed to have anything Government in this house if you didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. It better not be here Well, it's it's they didn't made it a
0: crutch now, right? They, um, they, they didn't they, they, they actually Gave you incentives, right? If you if you especially for black women, right? Exactly. You know, if you we give you this check, we give you this wick, this welfare, this food stamps, and this, you know, this low income housing, twenty five dollars a month, thirty dollars a month, you can get all that, but you can't have a black man in the household. Can't
1: have a black man in the house. And And that happens
0: generation, generation and generation. Exactly. And then you 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 depend on it and and it just it just is an indoctrination. It, exactly. And and then now even if you even even though you these living conditions and this situation is not ideal for you or your kids, you just so used to it and it's so easy and it's just you just in it and you don't wanna, you know, you don't you don't want you don't wanna upgrade because it's Mm-mm. just you can have all the things that you really want, but like you still
1: you still in this environment. And you're still in this environment and you're really nowhere. Right. You in suspended animation. That's right. where you are. You're not going backwards. You're not going forward. You're just there. Right. You just you just existing. Right. And so, I, try, I, I, I think for the person to be whole, I think you need to have some type of situation to where your kids are maturing like they should. You know, laughing and talking and not 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 getting beat up and, 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 and on drugs early and all of this kind of stuff. They need a yard where they can right. run around in and, and right. listen to the birds and watch flowers grow, not, not, not just asphalt and brick right. buildings right. and right. all of this stuff. I, I think the, the, all of the having the man not be in the house, all of it has been to just destroy. It's all been, it all has been to dehumanize. The black people
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know if I take the man out then it see I, if, even though my daddy was an alcoholic and, mm-hmm. and there was some time I wish he hadn't come home right. but just knowing that man was my father just added something to my countenance you know what I mean right. it added something to the way you're going to come up right. it added something to your, your, your growth it's just like I say I was scared of him until I was about 16 mm-hmm. well but when I got to the point where I wasn't scared of him, he has done his job. I knew I wasn't supposed to steal. Right. I knew I had to go to work. I knew I was supposed to respect people. So what I'm telling everybody, I, let me give you a good uh, significance. I, I was in school, I guess I was about 14. This white boy said, black people need to get back in their places. Man, next thing I knew, we were on the floor. You know, <laughs> we, we were on the floor, boy. And I thought about that boy probably three or four years ago. And I thought about maybe he's right. Mm. Where were black people when we were in our places? Where our, our little girls were going to school and and, 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 and learning and, and really knew how to read and write and write cursive. They, 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 they were neat. They were, they were respectful, mm. and they weren't pregnant at 12 and 13 and 14. You know, where were we when we were in our places? There was a, always a man in that house, you know, later on, whether it was a grandfather or an uncle or something, there was a man around, okay? When we were in our places, that man, that mother, and the kids went to church, mm. We came home, took our fire, Sunday clothes, hung them up, had Sunday dinner at the table, went out and played until it got dark, came in and got ready for Monday. We we was embarrassed when we were in our places to take anything from them. It was embarrassing to have to uh, depend on that kind of stuff. Food I stamps, think, yeah. Food, my, stem,
0: yeah. My daddy, my daddy was telling you know it was what, what, had told me you know did nobody want to take the book? Of, it was a book then, yeah. yeah, a book of food stamps, and that wouldn't that wouldn't that wouldn't look highly upon. Now it's like yeah, they uh, give yeah, you a she, card and, and yeah, it's like you just swipe it with pride. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So
1: I so I said yeah, we need to get back in our places. Mm. We, we really do, man. That's deep right there, Mister Bailey. But uh, you know, so and, and I'm not, and I'm hoping the pig. Organization, and if if it works like I wanted to, we'll be back in our places, mm-hmm. you know. And as close as I can come to what we're doing, which is which is probably not even a comparison because Black Wall Street, 1921, was about for 300 people. I right. I got I to do I got to do it for this whole race
0: mm-hmm.
1: to to hold it together because right now we are. It, it makes no sense for us to be 13 percent of the population. And what, 90% of the prison population, uh, somewhere along in there. We're we a high population. So, you know, and, and when you look at, and, and I think we've got to put it all in perspective, it is about 44, 45 million of us in this country. When you look at it, it's not that many that's wrecking havoc on the race. But per capita, it's too many. And I think that's what we got to look at, yeah, cause there's it's a lot of us out here trying to make a great life. We're trying to do right for our kids. We're trying right. to do right for our neighborhood, our communities. Right. But there, there, there's a bunch of us knuckle, knuckleheads is just wrecking havoc on that. Right. You know. And I and I think the, the progressive economic group hopefully we can bring something to bear on this kind of stuff. Mm. You know. And it's right. it's not good. So, and that's what that's what my thinking is. And that's what if you if you talk to me next week, if you talk to me a year from now, I'm talking the same way. I, I do not change. And and but there is a caveat. I'm not telling you that I'm right about anything. I'm just telling you no one has convinced me that I'm not. Hmm.
0: Mr. Bailey, yes, I wanna end on this. All you right. have you have your book, nowhere near the bottom. Where can people get that? Where can people expect? Um we want. We're gonna show. We're gonna show that. We wanna make sure people can can dive in deep, I, into, deeper into your story, and then okay. and, and support you,
1: you right? Know, and, and definitely support you. I think. Okay, the book number one, you can get it on Amazon. Okay. Okay, uh, and it's. Uh, I think on Amazon is fourteen ninety nine. What this book does is t- is is basically let you know that you can come from a bad place. And if you can hold it, to, hold it together in that bad place, mm-hmm. you can come out the other side of it in good fashion. And when I'm, when I've, when I'm in the presence of a lot of these civil rights uh, people, these uh, people that sat in like Frankie Henry and, and uh, you know, Diane Nash and mm-hmm. Congress, when I'm in the presence of those individuals, I just marvel how they came through oppression and segregation with their pride and dignity still intact,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think it's I think it's great, and that's what this book basically will let you know. Yeah, it may be bad, you 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 may be having a hard time, but hold it together, seek what help you can seek, and you'll come out the other side of it in good fashion. You got to do like my mother and father. You got to do like Frankie Henry. You got to do like the congressman. Sometimes you gotta grin and bear some things mm-hmm. until you can do better. And that's mm-hmm. what this book will tell you. Mr. Bailey, yes, I sir. appreciate you. We're gonna have to have you
0: back. Anytime. we gonna, to no, we're gonna to no, no, you're gonna be back. <laughs> we're gonna be back. And I appreciate you, appreciate uh, the building that you do, appreciate your perspectives, and I just appreciate, you know, your strength and your 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 bravery, your courage, um, to not let anybody put any type of stereotype or title on you and that you always gonna be. You know, Fred Bailey. Every day. Day. Every day. Clean. Clean. Clean as a whistle. Clean as a whistle. (laughs) Every day. Because I don't
1: know any other way to be. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on. Until next time. Uh, Until next time. All All right. Take care.